Good evening, everyone. I hope you're doing well. We're going to get started with this podcast here. Um, I hope you're having a good evening. We'll get started with prayer first. Um, Hopefully, I don't go over an hour. We'll probably have to divide this in a couple of episodes because I'm going to because of the chapter I'm going to go over, Deuteronomy chapter 28. It has 68 verses. And if we're going verse by verse, I know that I'm not going to be able to uh, cover all that in an hour. I'm going to adjust my volume, I think. Uh, I think that's a little better, maybe. All right, let's go ahead and get started with the word of prayer. And again, if you have any prayer requests, just put them down in the comments below in the chat. Uh, or contact me through my email, joshuaministry741 at gmail.com. Um, also, I keep forgetting I've got a substack. It's a Reverend Josh and a Gab. And... That's about it for now that's affiliated with this podcast here. So let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Excuse me. Dear Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. pray that you would be with um, this podcast. Help us to... Uh, spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the salvation that you provided through your shed blood on the cross, um, and the, 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 the proof that we have that you are the Son of God, your death, burial, resurrection, the virgin birth. We, we thank you for what you've done, what you've given us, and we thank you for the evidence that you've left us. There is no doubt who you are and the claims that you've made that you are who you say you are, and it's proven. Help us to follow you. Help us to be obedient in the word that you've given us. Help us to be good examples for you, for our families, for our friends, for our colleagues, and for the community, and for the world. Help us to be that light in the darkness. Um, help us to, to, be, to share the gospel, to be instant in season and out of season. Help us to be show the love and compassion that we need for others around us, especially now in the uh, the dire times that we live in. Give me the clear thoughts and clear speech to present your word according to your will. And we'll give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, first I want to cover the uh, COVID-19 bioweapon. As you know, that I don't call it anything else but a bioweapon. And I call COVID-19 a pandemic because that's what it is. So if you follow Karen Kingston on Substack, um, it's the Kingston Report. She, on May 15th, released a an article. And it's 11 key points of evidence and laws that county government and law enforcement are complicit in a crime 
if they do not remove the COVID-19 bioweapon injections from their county. So this article is 11 key points of evidence that shows that you can bring to your county, your county boards, and prove to them that if they are, do not ban the access to COVID-19 bioweapons, that they are complicit in it and they're committing felonies, class 2 felonies, and they're um, committing treason according to the Nuremberg Code. And so this article goes through all of that. I'm going to go through and just touch on the 11 points and go through that. And, and you can go to her Substack and read the article. And she has, it's loaded with data and with the United States Code, shows where the felonies are, where they uh, committed the crime. And I'm actually meeting with the sheriff of my county uh, Thursday. So I will be laying this all out for him and the data that I've gone over in the past podcast. I'm going to go over that with him and hopefully get the ball rolling here to ban them in my county and prosecute those that are complicit in the crime. So... If you go read that, it's a template for to do just that with this article. I'm just going to read the points real quick. The first point is Pfizer's mRNA injections do not prevent infection. And Karen Kingston has the receipts on that, has FDA briefing documents, and Pfizer phase three post hoc analysis. Point two, bivalent and monovalent injections increase the risk for COVID-19. And there's a graph showing that based on one dose, two dose, three doses, that your risk of infection increased. And by the third dose, it increases fourfold. Point, or point three, Pfizer's mRNA injections increase the risk for severe disease and hospitalization and that's page 41 of Pfizer's phase 3 data submission point 4 COVID-19 injections cause stroke, heart attacks, autoimmune diseases, miscarriages birth defects, blood clotting, myocarditis, convulsions, seizures, multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children and other diseases and death and that is on the FDA and that is their safety surveillance of COVID-19 vaccines and that was in October of 2020 when they had this data they Pfizer knew it Moderna Johnson and Johnson knew it before they um, went through with FDA authorization and approval. They knew that it would cause these diseases and they knew that it would cause death. Point five, the FDA authorization and FDA approval of mRNA injections are acts of criminal biological experimentation on civilians 
and not bona fide research. So she goes over the FDA safety laws of 21 USC 312.42 and 21 USC 355. And they, in their own, they, those codes that they're supposed to go by, safety laws, they um, create a complicit with crimes against humani humanity. They committed violations of the criminal, criminal biological experimentation on civilians. Point six, Pfizer and the FDA knowingly placed adults and children at unnecessary risk for injury or death from a harmful and toxic agent. And again, the FDA met and discussed in 2020, and they all knew this before the EUA. Point seven, Pfizer and the FDA placed children at unnecessary risk for injury, disease, and death from a harmful and toxic agent. Again, they knew that already before they um, green-lighted the EUA. The, the children were not at any risk with COVID, and again, they pushed the vaccines for children anyway. Point eight, nearly four out of 10 Colorado residents who were early recipients of COVID-19 injections experienced serious harm or injury and were unable to work or perform other daily activities after being injected. This is based on some studies from Colorado. The vSafe database is where this data came from, where four out of 10 Colorado residents who were early recipients of COVID-19 injections and experienced serious harm or injury and were unable to work or perform other daily activities after being injected. Four out of 10, according to the vSafe database for the state of Colorado. If you go to the state vSafe statistics, it'll pull up all, the, all of the states. Point nine, COVID-19 injections do not meet the definition of a vaccine. COVID-19 mRNA injections do not prevent infection or disease, do not protect against mild to moderate or severe disease, were not done under bona fide research, and are known to cause illness, injuries, disabilities, and death. This has all been proven, but yet nobody has been held accountable yet, and they are planning on a second pandemic. So we have to get this situated before they're able to initiate the next pandemic. Point 10. mRNA vaccines contain nanotechnology that is patented for use as a bioweapon. And I think this article goes back to January of 2017. MIT, Harvard, and Brigham and Women's Hospital and the Children's Medical Center of Boston filed a patent for the lipid nanoparticle vaccine technology for use as a bioweapon.
So they've known for years that it was a bioweapon, the nanotech, the delivery system for this, what ha has been nanotech for years. Point 11. Any person who causes a biological or chemical weapon to be used is a class 2 felony in the state of Colorado. And that's under Chapter 298 of Colorado Criminal Law and Procedure. So, and of course, there's laws in every state against bioweapons. And all we got to do is find someone to prosecute and hold them accountable. And that's what we're doing. So if you'll go to the Kingston Report at Substack, you can read the complete article and see all of the data and the, the source sources from which the data came. And as we're pushing forward, they these criminals need to be held accountable. They have murdered millions of people with these bioweapons. You know, fentanyl is supposedly the number one cause of death in America now, which is killing about 100,000 per year now. And these, these bioweapons are killing way more than that. If they would if all the, the actual data was released, you would see, just according to the um, VAERS report, which reports only 1% of the actual adverse events, I mean, that right there is more than fentanyl, um, or close to it anyway. So we have a lot to, a lot of dangers to the left and to the right, but... We need to trust God, do what we can, that is in our ability to do, and what is not, even with what's in our ability, we still go to the Lord in prayer, and we trust Him, and especially with the stuff we cannot control, we go to the Lord in prayer. It's a good idea with everything, every concern that you have, or every decision, or every uh, move that you make is to uh, go to the Lord and to seek godly counsel before you do it. Alright, so that's it on the um, for now, on the bioweapons. Uh, I'm going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and this I mean, everything the bioweapons the corrupt satanic government which is behind it anyway it's a depopulation agenda and there's a lot of things that that seem to be that is part of the the end times or at least the last days leading up to the end times and I mean, either way as christians if we are I put our faith and trust in jesus we are supposed to be witnessing to other people we're supposed to be serving jesus we are as james says pure religion you know it's a relationship with jesus but a religion is our actions our faith is in christ and the outward appearance should is in our character integrity whatever we do our works and pure religion undefiled before the father is this to help the fatherless 
and the widows in their time of need, and to be unspotted from the world. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help others. Priority number one is salvation. But a lot of times we have to first meet the physical needs before we can minister to the spiritual needs. And by ministering to the physical needs, we are ministering to the spiritual needs. So by compassion and love for others, we are sharing Jesus with others and we're able to, by our works, we are sharing the gospel. And then we're able to reveal the gospel and explain. They may ask, why did you do this for me? Why are you helping me? Why are you, I mean, nobody wants to help me. No one wants to be around me, whatever the case is. And then you get to explain Jesus and why you did it. Alright, so Deuteronomy chapter 28 is blessings for obedience and punishments for disobedience. And it's especially for nations. We as a nation were founded as a Christian nation. And we had... the Mayflower Compact, 1607. We had the Virginia Compact, uh, I think that's 1609. And, you know, that's when our government, when our country started, was when the pilgrims came over, those um, Bradford and Penn, and those that founded those colonies. You know, they were there to serve the Lord, and to worship him and no one else. Their allegiance was to God and not to any man or any tyrant. So our country has been around a long time. Longer than what they longer than 1776. 1776 was the um just finally all right, we're fed up with this. This we're separating for good right now and we know how that went but anyway our country from the beginning of this nation that we recognize today well it's unrecognizable today kind of but you know what i mean it has always been a christian nation and god has clearly addressed nations and how nations are supposed to act how they're supposed to cooperate. And as Second Chronicles 7.14, and I probably quote that more than any verse, that in Second uh, Timothy 1.7, but Second Chronicles 7.14 is, If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive them of their sin, and heal their land. So that goes, he says, if my people, who's my people? It's those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It still applies to us 
even if it were addressed to the children of Israel at the time. We know that 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instructions in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So that's what this, this chapter is going to do. So we'll see how far we get into it. Verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of the ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if Thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by thy name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruits of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. All right, that was verses 1 through 14. And... That's good. All of that was good. I would I would prefer that over the uh, remaining chapter, verses fifteen through sixty-six. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Most of the rest of that chapter talks about the punishment that God will deliver 
if we don't keep his commandments. So in verses 1 through 14, I think four times, maybe five, he says to do and to keep his commandments. And back to verse 1, he says to listen, to hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. So if we are to continue in the grace of God and his mercy and continue in his blessings, continue in his favor, continue with the rewards, it's simple. He makes it clear. Hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day. And he says he will set you on high. Now, if God be for us, who can be against us? That's the way it used to be. Now we know from the beginning of the fall of man, the devil has been our adversary. So that has been so for at least 5,000 years. maybe around 5,500 years since the fall of man. If, if we were to keep God's commandments, if we were to have obeyed him from the beginning, of course we wouldn't be dealing with this right now. We'd still be in the Garden of Eden. The whole earth would still would not be cursed. The earth would be beautiful. The earth would be luscious and green at every single corner. I know the earth is round. It's a sphere. But there would not be this pain, this agony, this travailing if we had just obeyed God from the beginning. Now man has a curse. Woman has a curse. The serpent was cursed, and the earth was cursed. And each one of them had a distinct curse because of their disobedience or because of their acquiescence. Um, it's our job now because that happen because all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God we have a choice which we did have then we've got free will God gave us free will and he didn't make us robots to either choose to obey God or choose to disobey God we're either living in obedience or we're living in disobedience now God has called us into obedience diligently 
to observe and to do all his commandments. If we stay on that route, which is the straight and narrow, he says, All these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And he starts going to, through all these blessed, blessed is this, blessed shalt thou be in the city, blessed shalt thou be in the field, blessed shalt be the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy ground, blessed be the fruit of the cattle, blessed are the increase of the kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. On and on and on, blessed shall be the basket in thy store, blessed shall be when you come in and blessed you will be when you go out now notice that he even says that the enemies that will rise up against you to smite you he says the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face they shall come out against thee one way and flee before the seven ways. Now the number seven is a number of completion, isn't it? Well, we've got a problem. Because just by observation, I can tell our country isn't headed that direction anymore. Um, in my opinion, we have a corrupt government, corrupt system, and I know it's been corrupt for years, years and years and years, but it's been, as you'd say, hidden, or either the the mass of the we the people have been blinded to the corruption for years to some extent, but it's being exposed now, and the devil's doing his work out in the open. But are we as Christians doing what God called us to do? Are we listening diligently to the voice of the Lord? That's what we have to. I mentioned earlier about um, handling what is in our capability. Well, that's one of them, is to listen diligently to the voice of the Lord. And one of the quickest ways to under, to hear the, the voice of the Lord is to take his word and read it. Um, there's chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter of God's word, his direct commentary to his people. Words straight out of his mouth, written down so we can read them. And he says, if you hearken diligently to the, my voice, the voice of the Lord thy God, observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now, at one point, that was us. That was the United States of America. Now, 
from what we're gathering nowadays as things are being exposed is that we're not such the good nation that we all were accustomed to believing that we were. All these wars, rumors of wars seem to be instigated and by us, by the United States of America, by our government. It seems to be that we've been provoking other countries or trying to blackmail other countries or taking advantage of other countries. And, and of course, it's our, the corrupt government taking us advantage of us. But I want us to think, you know, t listening diligent, diligently to the voice of the Lord and observing and doing it, we have to ask, so what did we do as God's people that triggered this or caused this? Did we obey what the Lord told us to do? Because he said if we would obey and listen, we would have blessings and he would lift us above all nations of the earth and he would bless you know, he'd cause it to rain. He'd bless our fields and our crops. You know, everything we touch would be blessed. Everything would be good. Everything would start growing. Our cattle would be growing. The, you know, we had, um, we have rabbits. We have a buck and a doe. And we bred them a month ago. And... The due date for the kits was actually on Mother's Day. So I went out there to check them. Mother's Day morning before church. And there were five or six kits that she must have delivered either early in the morning or, or in the middle, somewhere in the middle of the night, I think. But... None of them survived. She may have smothered them, being their first kits. She may not have known not to sit on them, maybe. So, as I was observing what had happened, I was trying to figure out well, what happened. Was it, was it my fault? Was it the rabbit's fault? Or what happened? What what were the conditions wrong? Was it too hot? Going through all these scenarios. But. Things don't. They don't always. Turn out exactly right. But didn't. The Lord said if we listened. And hearkened to his voice. Everything would. Be fruitful. said the fruit of your body, the fruit of the ground, the fruit of your cattle would increase. Your flocks of sheep would increase. So maybe is it because maybe things are getting harder and rougher. Part of it's because of, like I said, I just mentioned it's the point I made earlier was that the, the devil, the fall of man, the devil has been our adversary from day one 
since the fall of man. He's the one that lured Eve into taking a bite, and Adam was there and didn't protest and took a bite of the fruit as well. So we've always had an adversary. We've always had an enemy. But that doesn't matter. We can't, that's not the, we don't have that excuse because the Lord said, He shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to, to be smitten before thy face. So apparently it's all on us. It's all on our shoulders. What have we done? Or what did we neglect to do? And from what I see with for verse but through verses one down to verse fourteen, that God would bless us as a nation if we'd hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day. And the Lord that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. So I think we faltered in this point right here. I think because our churches have gotten watered down, they want to be politically correct or they don't... Um, Stepping on toes isn't in style anymore from the pulpit. They don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Um, so to be, to be more careful about someone's feelings than to obey God is sin, is disobedience. We should preach the word whether someone's feelings are hurt or not. Because when everything's all said and done, it's not based on your feelings, whether you've attained salvation for eternity, but it's whether you've obeyed God's word and what he's told you to do. Where is your trust? And we have a lot of problems. Our country is... The United States of America is faltering. It's collapsing. Um, we'll see here as we continue. Like I said, I don't know how much further we'll get. But here's God has blessed this country tremendously. And now, and the devil, we let her, so it's on us. We let our guard down and we let the devil take over. That's what happened. Our country's collapsing. Uh, we have the government is trafficking humans, adults, children. Our government is being run by pedophiles. Last Christmas, they had Baphomet in the White House or the so-called White House for Christmas decoration on the hearth. They had Baphomet, which is the um, the goat head, a satanic 
the cult symbol of the devil, which, which is called Baphomet, which is worshipped by the Illuminati. Uh, so we see the decline of our country. We see, and it's incrementally, it hasn't been all at once. So it can't be anything but that we have let our guard down and we've let it happen instead of standing up, as Ephesians chapter 6 says, putting on the whole armor of God, standing and having done all to stand. Have we done all to stand? Or have we just sat on the, the bench and said, well, someone else will do it. Somebody else can handle it. Someone else can say that's wrong. Someone else can say you're disobeying God and his word. Being complacent or being complicit in the destruction of our own country. we got a wide open border. We have border patrol being run by the United Nations and they've been letting illegal immigrants come in. They're flooding our country. About six million have come through most likely and which is putting a stress on our whole system. You know, a nation has borders, by the way. I don't think you can find a, a nation that stood was a nation that was anything that didn't have a wall in the Bible. Every nation, every city had a wall. That's how they survived. But we don't have a wall anymore. We don't have a border. Um, so now we have National Guard at the border. And they're now facilitating the invasion by participating with the Border Patrol and letting illegal immigrants over when I think the order was given to the National Guard to prevent it. There are the reports you can get from Owen Schroyer on Band.Video and he's made 30 reports since he went down to the border last weekend and exposing this. I think that Michael Yan, investigative journalist, he's a military journalist. He's been in Panama, been at the the, the Darien Gap. He's been reporting this massive influx and the fact that it's been staged and it's planned. The fact that all of the immigrants are given cell phones, which can be tracked and they can be organized and mass events can be orchestrated in unison. Um, but I think Michael Yan may have exposed the fact that the National Guard are facilitating instead of preventing the illegal invasion. So we're in dire need of an intervention. Now, as a Christian nation, 
we should first and foremost seek the face of the Lord in his intervention. And we pray and we hope that this will be corrected. But at the same time, God has given us as his ambassadors to this earth certain liberties to carry out his will. And if we follow and do his will and obey him, we will be blessed. And specifically in the United States of America, we have long established that the word of God is law. That is what we follow. It is the word of God that's been established from the beginning of this country. This nation has been the nation of power and strength. The city on a hill that cannot be hid because of God's word. Now, he has provided ways for us to defend our country. Long established, our forefathers foresaw this event happening and gave us ways to defend our country, to protect our country, protect our our wives, our children, our communities, and especially against tyrants. And we are going to have to carry that out pretty soon if the Lord doesn't intervene in a supernatural way. Although that was the provisions given to us to defend ourselves from tyrants has been long established and it has been clearly a God-given right to us. We are in a, a very, we're in dire straits here. This is where I wish we still were, was in the blessings of God, verses 1 through 14. But we seem to be in the latter part of this. And we'll go ahead and start into that now. I think this is a good time to continue. We saw what would happen with the blessings, the growth, the increase, the peace. But now, like I said, the condition of our country makes me believe that we're in the punishment phase of a nation because of our disobedience. So verse 15, but it shall come to pass if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, cursed shalt thou be in the field, cursed shalt thou be, or shall be thy basket in thy store, cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep, cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. 
the Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand unto to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he has consumed thee from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and with a fever and with an inflammation and with an extreme burning and with the sword and with blasting and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Um, so in place of all the blessings are cursings. And he says, this is very clear, very clear. In verse 20, he says, The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand to do until you are destroyed, and until you perish quickly, why? Why does he say that? Because of the wickedness of your actions. He says, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Because you have forsaken me in your wicked actions, you will perish quickly and you will be destroyed. So lay aside all the things that the devil could do. Here's all the curses that God is going to put on us because we've disobeyed. Because we didn't keep his word as a nation. So everything that is happening right now could very well be exactly God cursing us because we've disobeyed. Because we did not keep his word. Because we've put pedophiles in charge of the country. I mean, who kicked them out? Nobody. They're still up there. Pedophiles are running the show. Who did anything about it? Nobody's done anything about it. They're running the show. Who's uh sealed the border? Nobody. They're, the immigrants are the illegal immigrants are flooding the zone. They're invading us. We've got, I mean, thousands of armies. If over six million people have come in already in the past two years, that's thousands of armies just here waiting, because most of them are military-aged men anyway. All the women and children that you see are the children are the they're smuggling and making money off the children. That's another thing. Jesus said himself that whoever offends these little ones, a millstone should be tied around their neck and they should be thrown into the sea. But we're letting it happen, right? What are you doing to stop it? We're disobeying God. We're complicit with the evil because we're not standing so God is cursing us as a nation. 
And according to Deuteronomy chapter 28, that's what's happening. If we're to stand up and resist the evil, obey God. I mean, part of serving God is resisting the devil. Trust God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We don't trust God to keep his word or to do what he says he's going to do. If not, then resisting the devil doesn't do any good. He won't flee. He'll actually oppress you, overtake you, and use you and abuse you. It's very interesting here in verse 22. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption. and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning. That's very interesting right there, considering what we've just gone through. It says, and with the sword, and with blasting, and with mildew. Blasting and mildew are devastating to the crops, to agriculture. Pretty much wiping, blasting is pretty much wiping the crops out. Like either sand blasting or with a, a drought or, I mean, the, all the crops are destroyed. You know, mildew, nothing, no food can grow in the mildew. It says, and they shall pursue thee until you perish. I feel like with the illegal immigrants, I know on face value what's happening. I know what the deep state's doing. I know their agenda. I know their plan. Their um, uh, replacement migration. I know their plans. But maybe, maybe the Lord's using them to punish us because of our lack of obedience. Maybe he's punishing us because of our watered-down churches. Maybe he's punishing us because Christians want to go to the lake on Sundays instead of go to the house of God and fellowship with other believers. Maybe he's punishing us because we're not tithing the 10% that he told us to tithe. Yeah, that's a commandment that he told us, he gave us. Tithe 10%, that's a command. Anything above that is an offering. Maybe he's punishing us because we're not helping our neighbors and we're being selfish. The list goes on and on and on of the possibilities. And of co course, it's up to you and your relationship with the Lord to decide what what is the Lord dealing with you about? What is it that you have disobeyed? Where have you strayed? And you need to straighten that out with the Lord. One-on-one, -on -one, individually. Man to God.
We need to repent, which is a 180 degree about face. And we say, sorry, Lord, I'm going the other direction. I'm following you now. I disobeyed. Please forgive me. We move on and move out. We serve the Lord in obedience. Maybe there's enough time that maybe the Christians, if we get on our knees, humble ourselves and pray, seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, maybe we can um, save our nation. But it's getting to the point where it's too late unless God steps in. And the only way for God to step in is that if we acknowledge that we need him. Until we, his people, acknowledge that we disobeyed, we did wrong, and it's our fault because we were the watchmen on the wall and we did not prevent the destruction, that it's our fault and that we need God to intervene. Until that happens, uh, we're in for a rude awakening, to say the least. I think we can turn this country back to a nation, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, if we could do that. But see, we've been under a, a regime, you know, Obama serving his third term. Um, through the coup d'etat, you know, the election was stolen out in the open three years ago. So we don't have a legitimate president even running. It's like a, um, I was going to say shadow government. It's like deep state. We know that. It's obvious. And maybe the Lord's using that to uh, get us on our knees. But how far is it going to go before we get on our knees? How many curses is he going to put upon us before we repent and say, Sorry, Lord, I know it was my fault. I repent. So let's consider that. I'm going to go ahead and close out right there, and we'll pick up. Hopefully on the next podcast, we'll pick up there with verse, um, verse 23. And we'll close out with a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. Thank you for being with us. You said where two or three are gathered in your name, there you will be in the midst. I know we pick up your word and we take your word. Your word will not return void. I pray that we would be obedient to what you've called us to do individually in each of our respective places, but also as a nation. It is very clear what you have called us to do as a nation. And again, this isn't the only place where you addressed a nation, a specific nation or any nation. Any nation that won't obey your word will fail and will be utterly destroyed. And we can see plainly by this chapter that it's by your hand that a nation is destroyed that does not obey you. We pray that we as a nation, this 
we the people would get on our knees and repent and ask for forgiveness and that we would trust you, be obedient to you, obey you and follow your will. I pray that we would uh, correct this before it's too late, before we lose our country and we no longer recognize what used to be. And we're thankful, though, for the blessings that you've given us. We're thankful for the mercy and your grace that you've extended to us. The chances after chance after chance that you've given us, the second chances to right the wrongs, to correct the coordinates of this nation. I pray that we would honor and glorify you and first that repentance and obedience and and pray that you would deliver us from the evil help us to surrender to you in all things and i know if everyone is honest we would prefer blessings over cursings but their steps to revert from cursings back to blessings Pray that we would follow your word and your will. And we thank you for what you've done for us. Pray that you'd be with our country and, you know, the government as we the people. I pray that the people would wake up and see that it's the leadership that in the government. They aren't the government. They aren't the leadership. We are the leadership. Help us to realize that and take it back. Help us to honor and glorify you in, in everything that we do. And we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. God bless.